This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, January 25, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Does the most recent move of the Federal Reserve risk moral hazard? Gerald P. O'Driscoll, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, says the Fed policy of 2007 led to a kind of casino capitalism in the housing market where the Fed backed the plays of homeowners. The fear now is that the Fed may be backing the plays of stock investors. O'Driscoll and I spoke yesterday. My immediate reaction to the three-quarter, three-quarter cut, uh, point cut, uh, which occurred uh, off-cycle, not at a Fed meeting, but before a Fed meeting, was uh, either one of two things. First um, is that the Fed knows something that the markets do not know, that, that it knows that the conditions of at least some major financial institutions are in even worse shape than the markets are, are aware of, uh, in which case it may very well have been the appropriate thing to do. <clears throat> uh, uh, the second thought was uh, the possibility that the Fed has simply panicked, much as uh, the politicians panicked. Now, uh, politicians you expect to run around like chickens with their heads cut off in situations like this and feel like they have to do something, anything, even if it isn't going to be effective. Uh, which gets us to fiscal part that I'll get to in a second. But one does not want uh, a central bank caught up in that situation, caught up in a panic. And I think time is only going to tell which is of these two things, namely that, that matters are really much worse than markets are aware of or uh, that, uh, that there's a panic in, uh, at the Fed. Now, on the fiscal uh, stimulus package, um, this, of course, is just a bunch of politicians having to show that they're doing something about a situation over which they have very little control. And the something they're doing, uh, as, as I said before, the numbers are, are so small in the size of a $13 trillion economy that we have as to be laughable. It just Even if temporary tax cuts were effective, this wouldn't be enough to do anything. And the evidence and the economic theory is overwhelming that temporary tax cuts are in, ineffective. So I agree with Bernanke. The package is okay if used as politics and a waste of money if viewed as economics. Now, on this fiscal stimulus package, you make a, a point of saying that this is a temporary program. Yes. What of a long-term fiscal attempt to stave off in a recession. Oh, oh well, I mean, a long-term fiscal, you know, properly done could be very helpful. What you, what you have in financial markets today is an extraordinary, extraordinary level of uncertainty. There's always uncertainty, but this is heightened uncertainty. Uh, and it's not a liquidity crisis. Everything the Fed is doing addresses a liquidity crisis. The system is awash in liquidity. It's just that the people who have money, have cash, have liquid assets, are not willing to lend them to the people that don't because of what is known as counterparty risk, the risk that the person you lend to or invest with is going to fail. So <clears throat> that's, that's the problem, and that's, that's a lot of uncertainty. The only uncertainty that the federal government can address itself is the fiscal uncertainty it has created by uh, enacting a set of tax cuts that will expire. So the single biggest thing that the, that the federal government could do that would be helpful would be to remove one uncertainty 
and that is fiscal uncertainty by saying the tax cuts are permanent. Explain why that is. There's the issue of uh, consumer expectations, of business expectations, and investment. Why why is it that uh, there is less uncertainty created through a permanent tax cut? Many, if not most, investments for a long time, a long term, much longer than the term of this tax cut, uh, which uh, you know is set to expire in a couple of years. And if a firm invests, it invests for an expected after-tax rate of return. But with the tax cuts temporary, um, no one knows what that after-tax uh, rate of return will be. So this causes investment to be less than it would be or to be shorter term than it would be. And this is precisely the moment that, that it would be good fiscal policy to do something that would make more investors, more people with capital willing to con- uh, commit their funds today. So I, I, the, the timing could not be better to make these tax cuts permanent. Okay. Uh, you wrote in the Freeman in November of 2007, to better understand moral hazard, consider the case of a gambler going to a casino. If he bears the losses, his bets will be constrained by that risk. If someone were to guarantee him against loss but allow him to keep the profits, the gambler would have an incentive to make the riskiest possible bets. He gains all the profits but bears none of the losses. One might designate such a system as casino capitalism. Current Fed policy has encouraged casino capitalism in the housing market. On this three-quarter point cut issued by the Fed this week, there are some suggestions that this was, in fact, a, a bailout of stock investors. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, it has elements of that. Uh, the news story said that uh, Chairman Bernanke came to the realization of the need for this uh, because he went into his office on Martin Luther King Day and watched the stock markets around the world take a drubbing. And I don't think the, the chairman of the Fed be, should be sitting watching the stock market when he's deciding what rate cut to put into place. Um, and if he is, has done that and that story gets out, it's, it's as much a signal to stock investors uh, that the Fed is going to back their bets as it was to investors in the housing market when Greenspan kept interest rates uh, at 1% for a sustained period of time and strongly hinted that he wasn't going to raise them. It's, 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 it's analogous. It's parallel. In that case, how might stock investors' behavior change once they know that uh, the Fed or once they believe that the Fed is backing their investments? Well, I think you're going to – I think you're already beginning to see it. Um, the stock market's going to turn around, and these big drops are going to turn into big, you know, m- more days of big increases. The risk of the economy, uh, I think, is is aptly described in the front of the business page of today's New York Times, an article by Edmund Andrews entitled "A Fear That the Cure Could Be Poison," and uh, I think the problem is that uh, all the stimulus is going to result in even more inflation than we have now. How credible is the idea that this cut has set the stage for a another bubble in a couple of years or perhaps sooner? Unless they reverse it quickly, which is what uh, you know, some people suggested. Well, maybe they're going to make quick, deep cuts, and then when confidence is restored, then they'll do quick, you know, rate increases. If that's their plan, it's naive because it's much easier to cut rates quickly than to bring them back up quickly. The political resistance, the market resistance, uh, 
uh, to that makes it nearly impossible. Um, absent, however, absent their, the Fed doing that, just that, that is quick, sharp cuts, and then uh, when uh, confidence is restored, uh, then you bring the, the rate uh, back up quickly as well. Uh, absent that, uh, then I think you've guaranteed moral hazard in, you know, in another part of the economy, and the stock market's as good a bet as any. Gerald P. O'Driscoll is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Read more on Fed policy at our website, cato.org.